Welcome to the Second Is For Everyone podcast. We welcome all people, regardless of race, gender, political party, sexual orientation, or background, to learn about your Second Amendment civil rights and the many facets of firearms ownership. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 77 of the Second Is For Everyone podcast. This is your host, Tony Simon. And I've entitled episode 77, Super Woke. There you go. Super Woke. That's where we are this week. Episode 77 coming at you November 1st, 2020. The most important election of our time. Can people stop saying that? Really, please? Can we stop? How's this? Every election is important. Why? Because you never know what's going to happen. So you need to have quality leaders. You need to have people that you've checked out and you've looked into that background and you voted for. Regardless of whether they win or lost, you as a voter should make an informed decision about everyone from your school board to your mayor, to the president of the United States. That means you should vote depending on what happens where you are multiple times a year. Sometimes it's twice. Uh, We've had a special election here in New Jersey, so we voted three times in one year once. Why is it important? Because, again, you have no idea what's going to happen when you vote for a Senate seat they hold a position for six years. That means every presidential election, one of your senators are up for re-election. But in the off year, the other senator's up for re-election. So they're important, every one of them. Um, I think this year in Virginia, half of the House of Assembly is up. So, I mean, seriously. Elections are important. That's one of the things I want to talk about in this week's episode, Super Woke. The other thing is, and this is coming down to, I am tired of my social media continually telling me to vote. Did you register yet? Did you vote? Did you register? Did you register? Did you vote? Hey, you want to tag this picture with a vote? Do you want to tag this And then, of course, your social media, depending on what you say, they decided to edit it. One of the things they're running around editing is if you say that Joe Biden and Kamala Harris aren't, they're against your Second Amendment or they want to take away your right to own a firearm, uh, they will pull your ad. Uh, They're getting rid of a lot of Second Amendment pages. Or, or firearms-friendly pages, or even po- people politically that are saying these people are trying to take your firearms away. Because it's not 100% true, which is amazing because you can put stuff out about Trump that's not 100% true and not get your stuff pulled. Now, I don't know if you listened to this for the first time. Not a Trump fan, not a Biden fan. But I am a fan of looking into things and trying to understand. 
And we're being manipulated. We're being manipulated. And I say this almost every show just so people can remember this. We're being manipulated by the mainstream media. We're being manipulated in our social media, which truthfully, truthfully, it's still the mainstream media. Um, and something else that has really uh, bothered me is the super woke. And usually I'm finding this falling more on liberals than not. Telling me as a black man that I should vote for Biden, not because of his policies, not even because I should hate Trump, but because I'm black, I should vote for him. That is just some cognitive dissident racism that somehow they don't see they're doing. Because of the color of my skin, I should vote for another candidate. Again, not because of his policies, but because of my race. A little tired of it. A little annoyed by it. Um, I don't watch the news every day because there is no reason. If you haven't noticed, leading up to and during the President Trump presidency, somehow almost weekly, there's an emergency with the entire world falling apart. And Trump doing the wrong thing that's going to lead us all into the apocalypse. I'm like, dude, this ain't super friends. This ain't the Justice League. There can't be a world shattering dilemma every week. Stop it. And what happened was prior to the 2016 election, I was kind of sort of. Not guzzling that Kool-Aid, but going to the cup a little too much. And I found myself slightly stressed out because of what was happening and what was what I was seeing on the news. And then one day I went, stop it. Nothing has happened. The world hasn't fallen apart. Um, I dealt with a lot of stuff, you know, at, at a certain age group. Uh, when you when you reach a certain age, you might look back and go, wait a minute, this isn't the worst of times. and This isn't the best of times. This is just the times you're living. And it's up to you and your attitude to determine whether this is a good time for you or a bad time for you. Most of the things that happen in your life, positive and negative, your attitude towards it and how you handle it. Dictate how you get through it. I think way too many of us are letting outside influences dictate how you feel internally. Yeah, so super woke. I didn't even look it up. I'm just tired of the term woke because it usually what I'm finding means someone who's not well informed at all but are very vocal about their feelings. I'm like, oh, why don't you do a little research? And here's something else. No one needs to hear your every thought about everything that happens. You can't be right. 
about every situation every day. No one is. So from preaching it on high, especially people telling me that I need to support BLM. Listen, you clowns. And I'll say it right now. BLM is a front. BLM no longer has the interest of black people in mind. BLM is raising money for BLM. There aren't a whole bunch of organizations, black organizations in black neighborhoods that help with issues affecting black people in America. It's not even true. One of the biggest indicators was something they pulled off of their website, which was pretty much their anti-family and anti-straight black male agenda. Yeah, they snatched that off. Talking about how they were against the nuclear family and they wanted to destroy it. This is not your friend. So take your super woke crap and go over there. Black lives do matter. The organization Black Lives Matter could give two hoots and a hiccup about black lives. You're getting played. And I'm really tired of headline readers because that's what I see them as that somehow think I should support this organization again based on the color of my skin. It seems like a lot of these super woke people somehow don't think uh, we can think for ourselves. And we really need a whole group of white people to do the thinking for us. See, any other time, that would be called racist. But because it's them, oh, they just have my poor ignorant best interest in mind, but I'm not bright enough. Or I've sold out. My responsibility is to me. My responsibility is to my family and to make life better. So I attempt in my daily life to make intelligent decisions based on things I know. And if I don't know, I look into it. And I also ask friends who are educated, not knee-jerk reactors. And I take that information in and I come to my conclusion. And if it doesn't match yours, it doesn't mean I'm not bright. Because again, I've looked into it. I've checked it out. And I've made my decision. The super woke pretty much aren't. Everybody's your buddy as long as they're agreeing with you. And the minute they disagree with you, you want to kick in this cancel culture that I'm seeing all over the place. How's this? You can't cancel me because you didn't make me. I don't care what an entertainer any entertainer has to say because it won't carry any more weight than the next person. Um, I think there's a wrestler, Dave Batista made a jerk out of himself. Excuse me. Made a, well, he made some comments about Biden being pro two a Biden is not pro two a because you can't be pro two a 
butt. And believe me, Biden has hit the butt real hard on his pro 2A stance, including anything his one of his ideas is anything over 10 rounds. He wants to actually be registered any magazine over two rounds. He wants to be registered. No, the answer is no. <laughs> he wants it. Uh, he wants a two hundred dollar tax stamp on it. He wants to be registered as a NFA item uh, from the National Firearms Act, which means like in the National Firearms Act, if you have a short barrel rifle, which is a rifle with a barrel less than sixteen inches, or a shotgun with a, a barrel length of less than eighteen inches, those are NFA items. And to have that, one, it has to be legal in your state, and two, you have to register it with the government with a $200 tax stamp from the ATF. That means that firearm is registered in your name on a government list. I don't have anything over 10 round magazines anymore because of course they're illegal in New Jersey. But prior to December 10th, 2019, I had plenty of them because I teach classes. I have various firearms. So of course I had magazines for each of my five, multiple magazines for each of my firearms. It would cost me thousands of dollars to register these magazines, which of course don't have serial numbers or any way to track them with the government. And for what? Because you have something written down on a piece of paper doesn't make, <laughs> doesn't mean they can't be used by criminals. It doesn't mean they can't be used by someone who wants to hurt themselves. It doesn't mean the magazine with 30 rounds in it somehow becomes unable to hold rounds that someone who cracks up or just has horrible evil intent and wants to kill a bunch of people. Those magazines still work just because authorities have a list that goes, hey, Crazy Mr. Smith has 25 30-round magazines. Doesn't stop him from committing mass murder. So anyway, welcome <laughs> to episode 77, Super Woke. Be right back, talking about legislation. Battle Horse and I has been a sponsor of the Second Is For Everyone before there was ever a podcast. My friend Dan introduced me to the owner of that company, another Dan, and we discovered that we had a lot of values in common, from our love of freedom to our love of country. They donated one of their Comanche fixed blade knives that was eventually auctioned off at one of our diversity shoots. This year, we will be giving a few of their amazing knives to patrons on the Second Is For Everyone podcast page on Patreon.com. I've tactically fondled their knives for years and even have a small neck knife that they produce. These knives are very sharp, durable, and made from O1 tools still that are forged in America by a family that considers you a part of their family when you purchase one of their blades. Support those that support us and visit BattleHorseKnives.com. And welcome back. Episode 77 of the 2A4E podcast. We're in legislation of the episode entitled Super Woke. 
Man, I got caught so up in th- into uh, my intro that I forgot what we did and what we had going on. Because a lot of stuff happened. Now, I could record it again, but nah. <laughs> I'm going to just let it leak in the legislation this week. Um, what happened was on the 22nd, we had an awesome, awesome, the second is for everyone diversity shoot at the Heritage Guild in Easton, PA. We had some great people come through. Uh, we had uh, CNJFO, uh, what, was, what is Rosie? Vice President of CNJFO, a coalition of New Jersey firearms owners. Um, he came out and he spoke at, at the diversity shoot, talked about what they did, talked about some of the awesome events they're having in 2020 and 2021, including a clay shoot that's coming up in November, uh, a hog hunt that's coming up in January. If you want to check out what they do, please go to cnjfo.com, I think it is, or just Google it, and uh, you'll find out the good work CNJFO does. Uh, getting uh, fighting for the Second Amendment in the state of New Jersey and also paying for and funding cases that have gone up to the Supreme Court. So please support local 2A groups like CNJFO. They came. It was great. Um, we had attendees come from out of state again. At the very first event, we had some ladies come all the way out from Brooklyn to Pennsylvania. Well, this time we had my man Graham and Katrina come out from Maryland to participate. And it was really funny because the event was going, uh, you know, I was doing my intro and into the show talking about how the second amendment, why you should fight for the second amendment, uh, history. And as I'm going over the history of gun control, Graham walks in wearing a Lovetron t-shirt. If you don't know what a Lovetron t-shirt, it is a photo of me on the t-shirt. And it says, Tony Simon says, hi from the planet Lovetron. That t-shirt is actually used to fund the sales and the profits from that t-shirt are used to fund Operation Blazing Sword, which is, uh, which helps fund firearms education for LGBTQ people that are interested in learning how to use a firearm safely. And it also goes to the largest second amendment queer group in the country, pink pistols. My friend Aaron Paulette came up with the idea of the t-shirt with the picture and the saying and all sales of those shirts. Uh, the funds go to her and her group, which is awesome. Um, so he walks in the door and I thought I had it together, man. I was like, that's cool. He's got my shirt on. And the absurdity of the shirt that someone actually bought it. And I know a lot of you guys have and supported the shirt, the swag, the other things and supported the cause. But it's still funny to me. I'm not so far gone as I don't think that's hilarious. And I just started laughing to the point that I couldn't really go on for a minute. And I went ahead and unleash people on the pizzas that we bought in <laughs> and, and let them just start having dinner early. And then I walked around the room and conversed with different people and a lot of new people came. Uh, some of the people that uh, attended the first two uh, diversity shoots in Pennsylvania brought f- friends and family along to this event it was awesome. 
I, I, I just um, can't get over the fact that people really see the value in this. I guess it's, uh, I'm five years deep at this point of doing this event. And people still see the value in introducing their friends and family to firearms in a safe, inclusive manner. Uh, you don't have to be pro 2A to come to my event. You can have questions, but want to be introduced to firearms. We can do that. We're not going to attack you. If you have some questions, we'll answer them. That's the whole point of the event. But that was awesome. The event was a success. The next event is on um, November 19th, which is, uh, I think, the third Thursday in November. Anyway, it's coming up soon. Uh, tickets are available on diversityshoot.com. I hope to see you there. It's $20 plus tax. Uh, you come to the event. We have really cool stuff. We have uh, sponsors. Um, Kershaw has provided some knives, and we put those in prize bags. Also, Cole Steel provided knives and swag. We have those. Gray Ghost Gear provides a swag and stuff like that. Each bag uh, has like a retail value of 100 bucks. That's what we try to set it as. So that's awesome. Those bags are going to be there, and we got the raffle for that. It's $5 a ticket, so please come, help support it. It helps pay for the food, helps pay for gas, that kind of thing. Um, what else do we have going on? Oh, yes. The 2A rally took place on the 24th of October. If you don't know about it, it was 30 people plus our host, 30 speakers plus our host, Rob Pincus, Top Shot, Chris Chen, and Cheryl Todd. They were hosting the event. I thought it was awesome. I was one of the 30 speakers. Um, I said my speech, which <laughs> I wasn't nervous about. I was just hoping, man, please, whatever you do, do not put me after Maj Torre or Kevin Dixie. I do not want to be the follow-up after those dudes. <laughs> they had great speeches, um, and I wasn't. But I was right behind. I spoke uh, in the lineup behind a legend. I spoke after Alan Gottlieb, a founder of the Second Amendment Foundation. If you don't know what the Second Amendment Foundation is, it's a group that sues states. If there's a state infringing on your Second Amendment that needs to be sued overnight, Alan Gottlieb leads the charge. If they absolutely positively need to be sued overnight, he's the man. And uh, I got to speak after him. I thought it was really cool. It's four hours. Um, you can break it down in any way you want. They're going to be breaking the speeches down and put, putting them out piecemeal. Uh, but if you want to watch the entire thing or just a little at a time, you can go to 2arally.com. Let, oh, hold on. Hold on. I keep messing it up. Second Amendment Rally? Hold on. Give me a second. I'm trying to vamp and type, and that's just not really working out for me. Uh, SecondAmendmentRally.com. 2NDAmendmentRally.com. And you can actually watch the video. It's also available on YouTube. And when you check it out on YouTube, of course, you can click in and out of it and watch it whenever you can play it in your headphones at work or whatever. It was a lot of fun. I thought it was successful. 
<clears throat> now, we can talk a little bit. It's not really about legislation. It's about voting. Uh, depends on when you listen to this. Uh, election is very soon or it's already happened. Either way, I hope you voted. I hope you're an informed voter. Uh, and I really hope you voted for the candidate that will support your Second Amendment right. I, I don't care who it is. <laughs> Just as long as you vote for your rights, not against them. I'm not that dude. Now, one thing that did happen while we were out was uh, Amy Coney Barrett got confirmed as a Supreme Court justice. Now, according to some of the decisions that she's made and statements she's made, um, she's a pro to a Supreme Court justice. We needed that and we definitely need that so they can take some of the darn cases and set some precedent. They turned down 10 Supreme, the Supreme Court decided not to take 10 cases this year that were put forth. And I thought that was ridiculous because two of them were New Jersey cases. One was a New York case. There is a culture war going on when it comes to the Second Amendment. And many states and many cities are attacking that right. And they're going against the McDonald decision and the Heller decision. So that's why it's very important. Even if you live in a free state, even if no legislation is coming up for you to call your legislators and tell them it's important to you as a voter and as their constituent to vote against any gun control and to vote for two a laws that actually don't infringe upon your right and give the people more freedom. It's important that you make that call because these people only hear from us after something horrible happens, um, like a shooting at a school. Well, by that point, they're getting bombarded by many of the paid advocates that come from groups like Everytown for gun safety and others that they pay for. So it's important during the slow season, during the off season, whatever you want to call it, that we call and we tell them we're watching as pro-gun people. We're keeping an eye on them. And we expect them to honor their oath of office, office and protect the Constitution. All right, that's it. No votes, no nothing, because really the election is the big news. Uh, Amy Coney Barrett become the Supreme Court Justice was a big deal. And uh, I just think that's important. Hey guys, guess what's next? Mad Minute. Can't wait. Talk to you in a few. Welcome back. Episode 77, Super Woke. We're into the Mad Minute. And here's a public service announcement to all of the liberals especially uh, the the white ladies that want to remind all the black men who they should vote for based on their skin color because you have uh, the super ability as a super woke person uh, to do that. Shut up. Racist. <laughs> I'm just tired of hearing it. 
<laughs> I'm really tired of hearing it. Uh, Chelsea somebody, Handler, who I guess some people care what she has to say. Um, she said that about 50 Cent. She had to remind 50 Cent that he was black, and he, so therefore he could not vote for Trump. Yeah, just calm down. Uh, Jennifer Aniston was another one who <laughs> said, uh, this is not a joke. You can't vote for Kanye West. Hey, you were a Nutrisystem girl, lady, not a political analyst. Be quiet. Sit down. People can vote for whomever they want to. I just hope they vote pro Second Amendment with an educated vote. That's me. Oh, and uh, one of the ladies I follow, it was great. Uh, she just became super woke, uh, uh, Instagram influencer. And she has been posting pro BLM stuff all over the place. And, oh, I don't talk to family members anymore because they're going to vote for Trump. And you have to. Yeah, she said something wrong. <laughs> she said something on her Twitter that obviously people took as her being racist. And they all called her racist, which she's been doing to Trump for two years or three years now. And uh, that girl fell apart, climbed into bed, did a video from her bed while she was crying and barely holding it together and deleted her Twitter account. I'm like, wow. Yeah. Thanks, Crusader for black people. Someone called you a name online. You canceled your account and haven't been on since. Yeah. Black people don't need heroes like you. Calm yourself, Karen. Anyway, that's not what the Mad Minute's about. The Mad Minute's about this, and this is going out to gun owners. I live in New Jersey, regardless of who wins the election this week, my fight continues and so should yours. Gun owners made a mistake in 2016 as far as I was concerned and I watched it happen and it was very frustrating. They rested on their laurels. Donald Trump won the White House. We had control of the Senate as in Republicans had control of the Senate. And the House. And they didn't push for gun control. They didn't push the Hearing Protection Act. They didn't push 50 state con uh, uh, concealed carry. They did nothing. And as much as the people that voted for Hillary were falling apart, and as, as, as a lot of people say, snowflaking, there were way too many of us in the end zone doing a victory dance as if this game is ever won. It's not. The fight will always continue. The fight's on a daily basis. We've been fighting it since 1936. Actually, we were fighting it before that, but uh, national legislation passed in the 30s. And they've been pushing it ever since. And for two years, the gun community sat on their butt talking about we won you won nothing you lost bump stocks you lost total momentum and an opportunity you don't ever win because it's always always a fight there's always the next fight all it takes is a mass shooting for these very same people to crush your hopes and dreams to get rid of your second amendment so regardless of who wins the presidential election in 2020, you should be ready and willing to fight for your Second Amendment rights 
Again, contacting your legislators, joining your local Second Amendment group, whatever one in your state, you find them, you choose whoever you want to support. Get to learn who they are. Join their Facebook pages. See what these people put on their Facebook pages and join one and go to their meetings. Not just give them money once a year and go, "Woo, I've done my part. No. Show up. See what they have to say. See who you're dealing with. And if your state is perfect and kick butt and they're just winning and they're really strong two way. One, stay part of that community regardless. Still call your legislators. And two, adopt a state. Seriously, I'm asking you to adopt New Jersey as your state to fight or another state. It's up to you. But I'm saying here we're taking cases to the Supreme Court and the groups that are funding it are in New Jersey. So if you help fund them, they fight cases that are seen and determine nationwide progress on the 2A front. Join them. Send them money. That's what I'm asking you to do. Regardless of who wins this election coming up in three days. Well, today's Sunday. Coming up Tuesday. Let me know. And shoot me an email. Tony at DiversityShoot.com. Tell me who you're helping. In New Jersey, we have... The New Jersey Second Amendment Society, run by Alexander Rubian. You can help him out. We have CNJFO. Um, They're awesome people. Help them. We even have ANJRPC, which is the state NRA chapter that fights here. I know I've sat beside them in Senate and the Assembly. So, yeah, I know they're here and I know they're doing work. So you can support groups like that that are actually fighting on the national level. That's what you can do, and that's what I'm asking you to do. Way too many times, it seems, gun owners see something as a victory and stop trying. And we have to stop that. We have to look at this as the long haul. You don't have to be vocal. Every one of your posts on the internet doesn't have to be about Second Amendment at all. But you need to make those phone calls. You need to join those groups. We have to get the numbers up. Um, If you can, volunteer. One of the best things you can ever do, of course, is be a responsible firearms owner and safely and responsibly introduce people to the firearms culture by just being a regular person and just normalize firearms ownership. You don't have to be extreme. You don't have to call people names. You don't have to be standoffish or attacking people. You have your opinion. Your mom, dad, brother, sister, son, daughter, whatever you are. You're more than just a firearms owner. And truthfully, understand, being a firearms owner for the most part means it, you've not been arrested and convicted of a felony. <laughs> most firearms owners I know are decent human beings, hold down a job, and they're part of a culture that takes a little bit of finance, a little bit of money to be a part of. I'm just saying. So, regardless of who wins... This week's Mad Minute is firearms owners, don't rest on your laurels. Get in the fight. Stay in the fight. We need you in this fight. All right. We'll be finished. Talk to you later. High Point Firearms is back as a supporter of the 2A4E podcast and the work that we do to create advocates and grow the firearms community. 
High Point fills a niche in the firearms market as entry-level priced dependable firearms. They were the first American manufacturer to produce a striker-fired handgun, a polymer striker-fired handgun. They produced the best value in affordable, reliable, pistol-caliber carbines. They have 380, 9mm, 45 ACP, 40 Smith & Wesson, and 10 mil. And that's just their carbine lineup. Last year, they turned the firearms industry on its ear when they showed the prototype for their new YC9 9mm pistol. I truly believe the YC9 will be a market disruptor at its price point with the features and its ability to take attachments and their accessories as a base pistol, along with their lifetime warranty, leaves you in a win-win situation. So try High Point for yourself. A High Point carbine will be at every diversity shoot where it's legal this year. So you can come and try one out. Go to their website, highpointfirearms.com and see what they have to offer. <laughs> Welcome back. Episode 77 of the 2A4E podcast. This is Super Woke and we're in the gear whore. Man, I just saw something cool. All right. This week's gear whore is talking about a knife that I picked up. There you go. Um, it's called the Honey Badger. And I have pictures on social media about this knife and the fact that I picked it up as a diversity shoot maybe gift some of the stuff if i can afford it or if it's sent to me i check it out before i give it to people one of the things i truly believe is everyone should have a knife a pocket knife per keeping your purse i don't care to use for anything you use a knife for um, it's funny to me that people go why would i ever need a knife and then when they go to open something they're trying to tear it with their teeth or poke holes in it with a car key or a house key. I'm like, yeah, too bad one of the oldest tools used by mankind isn't available to you to cut that open with. It's a knife. And as someone who is tactically frugal, I just don't have a lot of expensive knives. And expensive can be, depending on whatever you think expensive is. Um, my thoughts on expensive knives and what is expensive has changed <laughs> since I've started this podcast. And since I've been on the gun and gear review podcast, I've looked more into it. Now I wasn't a dude that liked service gas station knives as they call them, which are those knives you see at the checkout bin at your gas station or even flea market knives that used to just, I don't know. When I was growing up, it was more ninja orientated or Rambo. Uh, and they were just cheap Chinese made knives that were more novelty than actual knife. Real knives, as far as I was concerned, was something like a buck knife, like your grandfather carried, and it, either in his pocket or in that, that leather pouch that was all well-worn. Those were what I thought were real knives. And uh, once I became a locksmith and started working with different tools, I was like, okay, even when it came to purchase some stuff, anything over $50 was a lot of money. If you're spending $50 on a knife and 
back then, in my opinion, it had better be like a K-bar or a large fixed blade knife. And I could find very few uses for those other than to have them. Uh, my boy, Sean, of course, you know, Sean, Sean hooked me up with a K-bar knife and I was like, oh, this is so cool. And then we uh, picked up uh, Battle Horse Knives as a sponsor. They gave us some knives to give away and we've done that. And those knives are in the over $100 ballpark for their fixed blade knives. And I saw what a semi-custom knife would look like. And that's really cool. But again, I have not purchased one. They've given it to me and I've given it to you guys. So when it came time for me to dig in my own little hot pocket and what's my price range, uh, it's about 37 to $40 because I was, again, looking at stuff to give away at diversity shoots and also give away to patrons. So back to what I'm talking about before I rattle on too much, but I just wanted to give you some history about it. How I came upon this knife, the Honey Badger. At the diversity shoots, when we start out and everyone's gathering around and I'm walking around the room talking to people, um, sometimes I do a pocket check for knives just to see because some gun guys are knife guys. And uh, I posted the picture on my social media of the knives that we all carried. We had a little circle, showed our knives, and someone suggested I check out Honey Badger. Honey Badger is not the normal Chinese company that has knives. It's actually a South African company that makes knives. Uh, they're, they're folders, folding knives, and they come in different sizes. They have a small, medium, and large, and uh, they weigh anywhere between two and a half and three and a half ounces. So they're not heavy knives. They have, they don't have a really thin blade. Uh, blade lengths, I think are about 2.3 to 3.7. I, I was reading it now. I can't find it. Don't worry about it. It's not a huge knife and depends on your state law. It is what it is, you know, but they have different kinds, drop point cleavers, Warren cliffs, um, just different blade shapes and they have two different kinds of steel they have d2 which is a tool steel which is hardened um little harder to sharpen than their 8 cr13 mov steel uh that's like i think it's a chinese steel anyway the 8 cr13 mov that one <laughs> is what I have. It cost me like $36 or $37. I got it on Amazon. It is a very, I got the large version in black. Um, it is a very nice knife. It flicks out really easy with either a thumb ramp that you push down on. Listen to this. I just pushed it. It pops right out really quickly. It also has a hole in the blade that you can use to activate it. It's called a, a thumb hole. You stick your finger in it, you extend your thumb, this blade flicks right out with authority. Now, it's not an assisted blade, so if you live in a state that you can't have an assisted blade, this is fine. It opens up very quickly. On the top of the blade, where you normally put your thumb to, like to push down on something or to get like really intricate in details, it has what they call jumping on the blade for better grip. Um, it has honeycomb-shaped little cutouts in the side of the plastic handle. And that makes it really, it gives it a decent grip for when you're doing stuff. So Tony, what do you do with a knife? 
um, open packages, open my mail, cut up some food, uh, use it as a tool. That's the kind of thing I do for with a knife. And sometimes I just sit here and flick it open and close. I mean, it's just that simple. Uh, for a knife of this type, for the cost that it is, it's very lightweight. Um, it actually is on roller bearings, which really uh, helps when it pops out really quick. It's on bearings, which usually is not found at knives in this price point. So I think that was pretty cool. And again, this is all from a suggestion of somebody on Instagram. They were like, hey, you need to check this out. It also has a lanyard hole in the back that you can tie something through to make it easier to either pull your knife out of your pocket or to just, uh, I didn't know this. People put little lanyards on their knives with cool things like skulls and just different designs in brass and silver and titanium. They decorate their knives, just like people decorate firearms and have Cerakote jobs done on them. That's what's with this knife. People do that. Um, and something a lot of people are into is a deep carry pocket clip. When we were at NRA, when we were at the NRA in uh, Atlanta, I brought my wife with me. When we go to these shows, I try to make it some kind of vacation because my wife puts up with the Second Amendment advocacy that I do. So what I try to do is if we go to a show, I try to get there a couple of days early so we can relax. We can do some stuff together. Well, when we checked into the hotel in Atlanta, there was a different convention going on of something. And there were people from all across the country and my wife's a smoker. So she'd be outside smoking and the ladies would talk to her and they would talk about their convention. And my wife came in, I think it was a Friday and said, Hey, the NRA people are here. And I was like, what? She said, yeah, the NRA people are here. I was like, wait a minute. Why? They have hats on or like, like, how do you know the NRA? She was like, well, they all dress alike. They all have on ball caps, uh, pants with a bunch of pockets, and you can see everybody's knife clipped inside their pocket. So <laughs> uh, all these people think they were gray man, and they got peeped by my wife immediately upon showing up at the hotel. And uh, one of the dead giveaways was the knife with the pocket clip. So if your knife has a clip on it that you use to clip to your inner pocket and like a quarter or a half inch of the knife is sticking out, people that are in the know, no. This pocket clip on the this honey badger, or actually on all honey badgers, carries so deep it looks like an ink pen. All you see is the clip itself, and most people won't even notice the clip. There's nothing else showing. There's no knife handle. It's just a clip. It's a fun, lightweight knife. And why I say fun? Because it's so easy to flip out. They're so inexpensive. Um in that $30 range, but they're made of really good steel. They come out of the box really sharp. No, I don't shave my arm hair with it. I just think that's weird. Um, <laughs> and uh, how much faith do I have in this knife? Well, my mom said she wanted one, and I bought her one. She said she wanted a knife just for self-protection and to do whatever. And I bought my mom this knife. So, yeah, I believed in enough for that. And then when my guys saw it at work, they were like, wow, this is a pretty cool knife. How much was it again? And they ordered it immediately. Uh, you can pick them up 
on Amazon.com. They have a store. Go there. Buy the knife there. If you're going to do it, use, you know what? I'll tell you to use our link. Um, 2A4E doesn't have a link for it yet, but I'll get one eventually. Go to Gun and Gear Review, uh, Firearms Radio Network, and they have a link there. Click on the Amazon store, and what happens is the network itself gets a little bit of money from that purchase. You don't pay extra. It's just that Amazon sends them a check for a few cents. That'd be cool if you want to do it. Check it out. Nice, lightweight knife. Doesn't cost a bunch of money. Is sharp. And again, I have the HCR, 8CR, I don't know, 123 MOV. I really, I am not into these steels at all. Um, But I've been using it for a little over a month now, maybe two months. And now it's finally getting a little dull and I'm going to have to run it through a knife sharpener. But that's the cool thing about uh, this particular steel 8CR13 MOV is as easy to sharpen. The D2 steel is a little harder to sharpen, but it keeps its uh, sharp edge longer. So check these knives out. They're called Honey Badgers. They don't cost a lot of money. They come in a really cool box uh, with like the magnetic flap on it. So it looks almost like a gift box. And they also come with an Allen wrench so you can tighten up the screws on it. You don't have to try to figure it out. If the screws loosen up and you have to go and find some weird measured Torx wrench, it comes with one in the box in a cutout. All right. So that's the gear whore section. And this is the Honey Badger folding knife. All right. Be back shortly. Our friends and sponsor. Matador Arms is back in 2020 with new versions of their Mag-X. The Mag-X is an insert that allows you to use pistol magazines in your mil-spec AR-15 lower. The Mag-X is now available in models that work with the Glock, SIG P320, Smith & Wesson M&P, CZ75, and P09 and P10 magazines from CZ. You go on their website and you choose the MAGX that corresponds with your pistol. When you get it in the mail, you install it in your MAGWELL. That's it. That's simple. Now your AR-15 accepts the same magazines as your handgun. I support Matador Arms because they make quality products and they also support us. They've been great friends to us. They're awesome people. And we really need to support those that support us. Visit them at matadorarms.com. Welcome back. Episode 77, Super Woke of the 2A4E podcast. We're going into training concepts. And what I'm going to talk about is the shotgun and not the normal use in, in, in... self-defense, or excuse me, not the normal 12-gauge that we talk about. We're talking about 20-gauge now. And the reason I'm bringing up 20-gauge shotguns, especially youth model shotguns or compact 12-gauge, uh, excuse me, 20-gauge shotguns, is because of the surge in firearms purchases by the population. Some things are scarce, um, and sometimes you may be only to per- be able to purchase what's 
available in the store. And I'm hearing from uh, different people, um, revolvers are being left. Uh, they're still available, like plenty of those. People aren't buying revolvers. Um, lever actions are being left there and also uh, shot, uh, 20 gauges. Now, I have a 20-gauge shotgun that I've used uh, um, to train uh, people with, and I use it when I volunteer uh, for youth days uh, at the range here every year. And I bring that because it's lighter weight. The 20-gauge shotgun is usually lighter than the 12-gauge. Uh, the particular one I have, again, is a Stevens uh, 320 youth model, 20-gauge. And I've introduced small children to shotguns using this, and we shoot clays with it. So I'm going to try to make the case of if you have a chance or if you're looking for something or if you find one available and the price isn't ridiculous because people aren't swooping in and scooping them up and you're in the market, here's some reasons to pick up a 20-gauge. Um, so... The first time I even heard anybody talk about using the 20-gauge for home defense, it was Masada Yub. And Masa Yub, if you don't know, is a firearms uh, writer. He's a trainer. But this guy first started writing firearms reviews and about using firearms in, like, 1970 or the 1970s. So he's been at it a while. He has different opinions based on his time as a trainer, his law enforcement, and everything else. And one of the things he says about the 20-gauge is, you get a lot of, uh, you get less recoil than using a 12, but you get like 65% of the power of a 12 gauge. So it's enough, especially if you're using self-defense loads, to put someone on their butt, especially in, in home distances. So I think, what was that? Um, he talks about trade-offs. And when you use a 12 gauge, and I see it myself with a lot of the people uh, who are in law enforcement, they're like, yeah, I have no problem shooting the AR. I have no problem shooting the handgun. But man, when it comes to that 12 gauge, dude, it kicks a lot. And uh, I mean, if it wasn't for the test being relatively easy, I think a lot of people, <laughs> a lot of law enforcement officers would not pass qualification with a shotgun if, if that qual wasn't so darn easy. So I looked up some things just so I can, like, give examples of what I'm talking about. Let me see. Now, I'm going to have to read this because I don't want to mess it up. The full, And this is from Moss's, one of Moss's, Moss Ayub articles on BackwoodsHome.com, which is a pretty good website for a bunch of stuff. BackwoodsHome.com. Really good reads, a bunch of articles that are subject matter experts on almost everything about self-sufficiency uh the formula i've been shown by ammo companies i've dealt with for decades as one or another kind of gun editor for gun magazines have shown the average 20 gauge shotgun load five-fifths of an ounce will deliver to the shooter's body via his or her shoulder only 55 percent of the recoil as a one ounce charge of lead from a 20 gauge yet the lead delivered on target at the same velocity from a 20 gauge is 62.5% of the payload brought to impact by a one ounce charge from a 12 gauge. That had a lot of maths in it. Let's just say the trade off is your 12 gauge for a 20 gauge is 
2.5% better return when shooting. There you go. So it's a little bit better when it dumps energy into a target. And here's the cool thing about a lot of 20 gauges. They weigh less than a 12 gauge. A problem a lot of shooters, especially dudes, have is you buy guns as if you're going to be the only one in your household using that firearm. And you don't think about the fact that maybe you have family members that can't get a seven, eight, nine pound gun into their shoulder and on target or hold it on someone for an extended period of time. Let me run something past you. You're going to have a hard time doing that too. So the lighter the gun, sometimes it's better. I looked up some numbers on the shotguns themselves. I checked out Stevens. I checked out Remington uh, 870 youth models. I think they also call theirs compacts. And um, and I checked out the Mossberg 500s. Again, all these are 20 gauges. Mossberg 500 20 gauge shotguns. For I think they call them youth models. They run between five and six pounds. The shorter ones, 34 inches, and the longer ones are 40 inches. But still, that's a... Dude, it's less than the yardstick uh, on some of them. And they have a stock with segments in it that you can remove or add to add or shrink length of pull, which is the distance from the trigger to the end of the shoulder stock that goes in your shoulder. So you can adjust a Mossberg 500 for someone of smaller stature. And if you're a bigger dude, center it up square off behind it it's still a decent shotgun i have fun shooting my 20 gauge uh again it's a 320 stevens youth model uh i checked out remington's remington has some quality control issues but i still think their shotguns are solid and the remington 870 compact or compact junior in 20 gauge they come with a 21 inch to 18 and three quarter inch barrel Overall length is between 37 and a quarter inches and 40 and a half. And their weight is between five and three quarter and six pounds. The weight for these shotguns are what you would call a lightweight AR-15. The M16A2 that I was issued Marine Corps boot camp with 30 round magazine comes in at 8.9 pounds. These shotguns deliver a whole, uh, a 12 gauge shotgun excuse me, a 20-gauge shotgun uh, with, it's 62 caliber. Most people don't know that. And if you use like um, what is it? a rifle slug, I don't suggest rifle slugs, but you can use slugs in them that are already segmented or fragmented. Uh, if it weighs five-eighths of an ounce, it's doing 1,400 foot se- uh, it's doing 1,400 feet per second out of the barrel. If you hit a target in your house with that, that's like being hit with two forty-four Magnum rounds at the same time. So there's significant uh, power there to put a bad guy down or take him out of a fight and make him stop doing the thing he was doing that made you shoot him in the first place. So that's why I'm making a case um, that a 20-gauge youth model shotgun could be a good option, especially if the shelves are bare. Or you're trying to introduce, like you have that relative that finally comes to you and go, yeah, I'm ready to buy a gun now because of their fear of what's coming in the up- after the upcoming election or whatever. And they were like, all they had was shotguns. All right, here you go, 20 gauge. 
boom, you're done. You can introduce them to it. You teach them how to shoot it. Teach them how to handle the firearm. They're not going to be horribly off. Uh, the prices aren't ridiculous on shotguns, especially pump shotguns. Uh, on a lot of other stuff, ARs, all of that, the prices are nuts. They're artificially inflated by 50% or more. And I and some of them even double that. So, 20-gauge shotgun, youth model, might be a good choice. And we have some people that really believe that. I was just checking out uh, Personal Defense Network, if you guys know it or not, uh, it's a pretty good training page. A lot of free information there. They had a gel, te- gel test using uh, Winchester Defender 20-gauge, uh, two-and-three-quarter-inch slugs. And they shot a gel block with it. And I think the distance it went was like 16 or 18 inches. So right at FBI standards for gel block. It's, it's So it'll probably not go visit your neighbor's house after it hits the bad guy just something to think about a little different than what other people tell you but still backed up by experts in the industry all right i'll be back shortly and we can talk about something else been a stellar month for the second is for everyone diversity shoot we've got some cool companies that decided to come aboard and help us out and one of those companies is cold steel cold steel knives everybody's heard of cold steel knives they have some of the coolest commercials on the internet well they donated uh some swag and two of their 1911 knives folding knives they're gonna be at the diversity shoot being held at the heritage guild in eastern pa and I can't wait for someone to win those. Thank you, Cold Steel, for stepping up and helping out a Second Amendment grassroots advocacy group like the Second is for Everyone. Check out Cold Steel, see some of the cool products they have, and pick one up because they support us, and you should really support those that support you. Welcome back. Episode 77, Gun Culture. We're here to talk about something that went down last week after I recorded last week's show. Um, The ATF sent a letter to a company called Q. Q makes a firearm called the Honey Badger, which is a pistol, but it uses a brace. Um, The brace can be used and shouldered, so... When misused, not as a brace, but putting your shoulder like a shoulder stock, it can be used on rifles. Excuse me. It can be used on pistols with barrels shorter than 16 inches. The same way uh, a short barrel rifle, which is a rifle with a barrel shorter than 16 inches, uses a stock. So that brace can be used just like a short barrel rifle, except a short barrel rifle has to have paperwork from the federal government. You pay a $200 tax stamp and register that firearm with the government. So let's say you had an 11 and a half inch barreled AR-15. You would have to pay the government $200 for a tax stamp to own that rifle. But 
in many, many states, you can own an AR-15 pistol with an 11 and a half inch barrel. But instead of having a stock, it uses a shoulder brace that, excuse me, excuse me, a brace that can be clamped to your arm. But you can misuse that brace and stick it in your shoulder and use it almost as effectively as you can use a stock on a rifle. Well, what does that mean? It means absolutely nothing to a criminal, so stop being silly. But to a law-abiding citizen, or one that's trying to live within the law but still wants a shorter firearm so they could use it in the confines of their home easier than something with a longer barrel, um, I mean, that's why someone would use it. So you can use it easier. Also, they look freaking cool. Let, let's quit playing. And again, it doesn't stop anyone from committing a crime. Well, Q makes a couple of firearms. One of them is the Honey Badger. I think it's a 300 blackout AR-15 type rifle. Um, and the ATF sent them a letter, told them to uh, stop making it uh, because they feel that it is a short barrel rifle. Now, theirs is no different than anyone else's. And at first we thought they were picking on that one company, but they sent letters to other companies. Q is the only one that actually put the letter out on the internet and let everyone see it. Well, if you don't know, a lot of guys who are in the AR-15s, a lot of gun owners aren't really politically active, and that's one of the reasons I do this show, to try to get them to be politically active and listen. Well, what I'd like to call tactical Timmy's dudes that um, love the black rifles and love doing black rifle type stuff and like the tactical side of firearms industry, because there's lots of sides to it. A lot of them ignore political activism. A lot of the YouTube channels walk away from it because they don't want to have anything to do with Second Amendment advocacy. Um, because it turns some of the tactical Timmies off and the tactical Timmies, and that's what I call some of these guys. It's sometimes a lovable term, sometimes a disparaging term. Let's just say it's some of the infighting, bickering, and silliness that is in the Second Amendment community that they have names for everyone. Well, a lot of these guys don't want to have anything to do with the Second Amendment or they don't want at least to see videos about it. They feel they, they hear enough about it. Got you, whatever. Well, now all of a sudden, all of them care because some of their YouTube personalities have stared the pot and go, well, if they're going after this particular company, they'll be coming after us next. Oh, no, the sky is falling. You need to do something. You need to call your legislators. You need to become politically active, except that's a letter from the ATF to one company that we know of and others that may have, but I've not heard one name of one company yet. So all I know is the ATF, that's all what most of us know. The ATF sent a letter to one company telling them to stop selling their product because they feel that it's being mislabeled. That company sparked something and a lot of uh, people in the firearms industry contacted the Justice Department and went, hey, look at this. These guys are out of control. The ATF is making up their own rules because that's the problem. The company Q followed every rule the ATF had. And it was fine. And the firearm was approved for a couple of years. And then all of a sudden, the ATF changed their mind. 
and wouldn't tell them how they were violating the administrative rules that the ATF set up. And that was the real problem. The ATF told them they couldn't make their thing and then wouldn't tell them why they couldn't make their thing. <sighs> so, again, the firearms YouTubers just started screaming the sky is falling. Then a letter came out that was directed to the clients of one law firm. The law firm of Wiley Rain is the largest law firm in the firearms industry and represents a number of major manufacturers. And it deals with those... Man it's like a go-between between the manufacturers and the ATF and other regulators to keep those people operating within the law. And they sent out a letter saying, hey, be aware... A lot of this stuff could change because of this letter to this one particular company. We have to be aware that a lot of different things could happen. And all of a sudden, the gun tubers ran around telling everyone the sky is falling. And you need to contact the ATF. You need to contact your congresspeople. You need to contact your senators. Because of this one thing that, again, a letter went to one company. I'm glad people are being Second Amendment advocates. But if nothing comes of this particular thing with the arm brace, a lot of these people are going to drop right off. And that's where my problem comes in. Again, gun owners being lazy or only dealing with something that they feel it's, it. oh, wow, well, that concerns me. But if it's not the one thing that concerns you, you don't bother. That's ridiculous. It all should concern you. Every gun law is an infringement. You should always, always make your legislators aware that you will not stand still for any infringements upon your rights. That's fees that they come up with to apply to you exercising that right. That's arbitrary magazine limitations. That's arm braces or anything else. You should be on this all the time. So if this arm brace thing woke you up and got you involved, great. But if this re is resolved, don't go back and sit on the bench. We need you in the fight. I'm glad something woke you up, but they're always coming after you. They went after AK-74 ammunition a few years ago during the Obama administration. Uh, they got bump stocks in the Trump administration. There's always a fight going on, and it's, it's incremental. They're stealing your rights incrementally. You have to participate. You can't only come alive when you think something only affects your your niche in the firearms industry. So I just wanted to point that out that some people are overreacting. And the problem with overreacting is this. If it doesn't work, if the sky doesn't fall like they say, everyone goes, Whew, man, we ducked that one. Let me go set this one out. Never set it out. If this got you riled up, if this got you going, 
Stay in the fight. Stay aware of what's happening. Continue being an advocate and activist for your rights. That's why it's important. All right. I'll come back later. Excuse me. I'll come back shortly with shout outs. Kershaw Knives has decided to help the diversity shoot for the rest of the year. So, October 22nd is our next diversity shoot, and in our prize bag are going to be some knives that Kershaw donated to us as prizes. So, it's going to be friggin' awesome. I want you to check out Kershaw's product lineup because they have knives in multiple price points. Support companies that support Second Amendment advocacy. Kershaw is definitely one of those. If you follow me on social media or have listened to my podcast, you see that I've had Kershaw knives in my lineup for years, mainly because of the bang you get for the buck with Kershaw knives. So check out Kershaw, see what they have to offer, give them some of your money. And hey, on social media, shoot them, shoot them a message saying, hey, thanks for supporting the Second is for Everyone diversity shoot. All right, back to the show. Welcome back. Episode 77. Super woke. We're in the shout outs. Shout outs this week go to all of the people behind the virtual 2A rally that just happened. Uh, if you want to check it out, you can go to secondamendmentrally.com. There were 30 different speakers uh, that came out. It was four, four hours and change. They're breaking them down right now so you can click on individual speakers and you don't have to go through uh, the entire you know show. But it was amazing. Uh, it was hosted by uh, Cheryl Todd, Rob Pincus, and Top Shot Christian. They did a really great job bouncing back and forth. They pr- the speeches were pre-recorded. I'm one of the speakers, if you don't know. I don't know why you wouldn't. But, hey, if you don't know, I was one of the speakers. Anyway, all, we all pre-recorded our speeches and, and sent them in. And they were able to put them, get, put them together in a really well-done way. Um, it is really worth checking out for motivation if you need it, uh, just to hear different perspectives of people in the firearms community that are activists and, and what they think. Um, it, it was it was really motivating for me and fun. So check it out. They did a lot of hard work, and I'd like to thank all those people, uh, not only the hosts, but the people behind the scenes. I know Paul Lathrop made sure the thing ran and got out over the internet. He put that together. Um, I know Casey, uh, Cheryl Todd's daughter, was in on it because I, I conversed with her online a couple of times. So it was really well done. I think you should check it out. And that's who my shout out goes to. Again, you can look at these uh, videos on second amendment rally.com second with the number two ND amendment.com. Uh, also some news on November 15th here in Jersey. Well, actually not in Jersey in Pennsylvania, but CNJFO coalition of New Jersey firearms owners has a clay shoot. They're hosting in Lehigh Valley sporting clays. So go online, check out their website. CNJO, CNJFO, I think either .com or .org. I should have looked it up, but 
you can look it up. <laughs> they also have a Facebook page where they go into everything they're doing. They're doing raffles. They're having a breakfast. All of that. And they raise money because they fund court cases from Jersey that go to the Supreme Court. So if you want to do something, if you want to help out the fight for our rights nationwide, you can send funding to somebody that actually puts in the work and that money directly benefits the American gun owner. You can donate to CNJFO, Coalition of New Jersey Firearms Owners. That would help them out a lot. This is a clay shoot that happens on November 15th, again, in Lehigh Valley Sporting Clays. On November 19th is our next diversity shoot at the Heritage Guild in Easton, Pennsylvania. And at this particular one, we're going to have Smith & Wesson actually is going to send out a company rep. So they're going to have some Smith & Wesson firearms there for you to check out. Plus, my awesome group of volunteers are going to bring their firearms. I haven't decided what I'm bringing out yet, but at least one gun I know I'm bringing out. Actually, two. Well, heck, I know two of them. Uh, it's going to be a high point, uh, high point nine millimeter carbine in the bullpup configuration uh, from High Tower Armory. People really like shooting that gun because it, uh, I'm telling you, man, it changes it up from being a little bit front heavy uh, nine millimeter carbine to being a well balanced bullpup that just looks and feels different. Uh, what else? Oh, and I'm bringing the um, Ruger 1022 that was donated by Les. <clears throat> Man, by my friend Les, and um, it's in an, a high tower armory bullpup configuration. It looks like a PS90. So I'd like to thank Les Schaefer for donating that 22, and also I'd like to thank High Tower Armory for providing the bullpup uh, chassis for both of those firearms because it really does dial them up to an 11. So those two things guaranteed will be at the next diversity shoot. And I hope you will be too. You can go on uh, the diversity shoot. You can go on diversity shoot.com and purchase tickets. November 19th, 6 PM, the heritage guild. Now here's something that's really cool. I might even do a separate commercial for it later on, but I'll give you guys a breakdown here. 100% this giveaway is going to pop off November. If you donate $20 and above on our Patreon, that's right, 2A4E Patreon, if you become one of our Patreons at $20 and above, we got the Larry Vickers AR-15 Coffee Table Book Limited Edition. One out of 250 of these books that were numbered and this one is also has a handwritten uh, note inside thanking you for supporting the diversity shoot handwritten by Larry Vickers. Really cool. Again, limited edition coffee table book. This cost a lot of money, but I think something like that is awesome. And I want to get it out to you so you can have it by Christmas. Um, but I mean, it's just that simple. I, I want to get it to you. And it also comes with some crazy, um, crazy poster that's also numbered. I didn't even look that up because here's the thing. I opened up the book to where Larry signed it. That's it. I didn't look through it. I didn't go through the book at all. This thing has been opened by Larry Vickers. He signed the front of it more than likely stuck it in, um, the mail, it comes in a huge box. 
stuck in the mail and sent it out. Like this thing has not been <laughs> tactically fondled at all. So this is going to be your book. Whoever wins this again, if you are a patron and you've you're in the guns, like, like this stuff is cool to you, but you never donated $20. I totally get it. I understand. You might want to jack that up to get in on this giveaway because it's really, really worth it. All right. So that's what's going on with us. I think that's everything. I uh, hope you guys got out to vote. Um, that's it. That's the end of episode uh, 77 of Super Woke. Thank you for listening to the show. And I'll try to um, put out more episodes per month. And hey, email me. Tony at diversityshoot.com. Let me know if you want to have guests on and who you'd like those guests to be. Or shoot me a message on my Instagram at Simon Says Train. Or um, hit me up on Facebook at The Second Is For Everyone with a message. As always, thank you very much for your time. Talk to you later.